Say hello to the bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got DC. What up, dude? I am so happy to be back. And then also with us today, we got Tank. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Hope you guys have been doing good. Welcome back to the studio, Nick. DC, it's your first time in the studio. Yeah, I like it. It's it's a good setup, too. I like it. Soundsmith Studios, home of Grammy Award-winning engineers and shit. That's right. We big time now. <laughs> DC, you want to kick us off? What do you got to drink? Yeah, why not? Um, this is a seasonal, my first time ever having it, and I kind of fell in love with it. It's uh, from Shorts, and it is a mule beer. So anybody that likes a Moscow mule, it tastes a little bit like that, but I thought it was going to be weird mixing it with a beer, but it's really good. It's like um, the best way for me to explain it, it's almost like taking a hazy and dropping a lemon drop in it or something it's it's pretty good i like it and it's one of those it's um it's not a high gravity it's a 4.5 so it's one of those you can just drink a few of them and you know chill out so yeah nice i like uh i like mules and i like that the can is copper yeah so it kind of makes it an official mule that's very important yeah right very important uh tank what do you got to drink yeah, just to piggyback, I've had that mule beer. That's a pretty good one, Shorts Mule Beer, man. I've had that. It's it's not bad. I got um, Eastern Market out of Detroit, the uh, world-famous Eastern Market covered on the podcast before for certain reasons. Uh, Jumbo Juice, double IPA. It's uh, hazy, tropical, and velvety on the can. You got 9%. It's strong beer, but it's got like a pineapple backdrop to it. It's smooth. Most double New England IPAs can be when you start getting into the citrusy kind of flavors it's 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 actually not that harsh for being nine percent but yeah i like it man see tank you fought, find all the good stuff so what needs to happen whenever you and i are going to be on a podcast together you have to send me the itinerary of beer that you're going to have so i can cash app you and you can get two of them <laughs> all right <laughs> hey he didn't even flinch he's like i'm in like, i okay, like that yeah, i like that it. responsibility <laughs> Well, because I was actually, I was at Discount Drinks to drop mm-hmm. a, a name for people who are around the area and might know it and might maybe are around the area and don't know it. They got two locations. The one down in Wyandotte I don't know, might be their original, might not be, but uh, it's it's the one that's closest to me. So I was there. It's and my I was, original. I was thinking I was going to get one four pack and I was like, no, I'm getting two. So then that way I can share with the fellas. So you want to take one home? I got another uh, kind of beer. Appreciate too. it. Thank right. you, sir. Yep. Word. Well, I got I got Muskegon's own Pigeon Hill, and it's it's called Donut Fear the Fritter, and it's a <laughs> apple fritter donut ale. Nice. So it was just the most words that I like <laughs> put together in one name. So I was like, ooh. And uh, what I liked about it, the reason I got it, all jokes aside, is because 
it was a apple fritter donut ale mm-hmm. because all of that I like stouts and porters we covered that a lot but usually if you were to tell me we we're gonna have an apple donut fritter beer I would mm-hmm. guess that it was a stout or a porter mm-hmm. so the fact that it is an ale I kind of dug so nice snatch it up and uh, it's pretty fucking delicious I never had it before what's what's the flavor like what does it give off each of those or is it like something different or is it one of those that hits you in like layers let me ask do you like apple fritters who doesn't like is that really a question (laughs) i would say it's kind of like that because it's it's got the apple notes Mm -hmm. like you could taste that it's got an apple flavor but it's not it doesn't feel like a cider gotcha you know it's got a little Mm -hmm. bit of apple taste a little bit of donut-ish like you know almost like a stout a donut stout would feel but Mm -hmm. it's light like an ale I'll send you home with one. You can try it out. Let me know what you think. All right. Well, before we get started, I want to make sure we take the time to thank Sixfo Swaino for letting us use his music in the intro. You can find him on Instagram at Sixfo, F-O-E. I want to thank Cancer for letting us use his music in the mid-roll. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad Guy Podcast. And you could just go to the website, badguypodcast.com, and you can find them all there. But we'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is Maximilian Zweifok. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Okay, that now that's the name. And uh, the way I heard that last name and the way it's spelled is very different. <laughs> so it's Maximilian Zweifok, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Max Zwerback. A.K.A. Kid Twist. Now, he mentioned the last name. Zweifach is spelled mm-hmm. Z-W-E-I-F-A-C-H. Yeah, what is that, like German or something? Yeah, Austrian, uh, actually, which is like yeah. German. Same See, thing. you're going to get me in trouble because I was going to say same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went ahead and said it for you. Those nicknames don't give me anything like, I can't put out any predictions from that. I have no idea what this dude does. So Max Werbeck, that's not really a nickname. I think it was just maybe like an alias or something Mm. that they went with in the newspaper because I don't find a ton of references to him being called that actually in real life. Mm -hmm. But almost any time you look him up, that's the actual name it'll see. Uh, Oh, really? Zwerbeck? Zwerbeck, yeah. So anytime you look him up, it's going to usually say Max Werbeck. That was just the name he used over and over again. <laughs> it's like, well, you should probably change it up a little bit there, Max. is like, nah, fuck it, it's Werbeck. <laughs> Throughout my whole uh, bad guy life. I, I wanted to say Maximilian just because I think that's a really fucking dope name. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah. I'm not going to be able to keep saying it, so I'll pretty much call him Kid Twist or Max for most of this. But Max was born in the Austro-Hungarian Empire... March 14th, 1884. Oh, we're so going te- way back. So technically he wasn't even mm-hmm. Austrian. It was the Austrian, <laughs> Austro-Hungarian Empire. That's not even a fucking thing anymore. He had an Austrian-Jewish father named Adolf and an Italian mother named Hannah. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I only left it in there because his dad's name was Adolf. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, now I'm leaving this whole sentence in just so I can say that. But I think what's important to note on that is... 
how bad Hitler crushed that whole name for everybody yeah. because that was a popular, popular name, name in the region. This is a Jewish guy, yep. and it was Adolf, and he just ruined it to where a whole generation of motherfuckers were like, nope. nope not touching <laughs> that one. Not going yep. nowhere near that. Not trying to ruin my kid's life before it even fucking starts. Damn straight. Um, so his family emigrated to New York in 1886 to escape the anti-Semitic riots, and they settled in the Lower East Side. Why does it sound like all the immigrants went to the Lower East Side? This, that's what I always hear. Because it happened in New York all the time. That's actually one of the reasons I started mailing in it on pictures, is mm-hmm. I was about to use the uh, Lower East Side picture uh-huh. that I just have like on deck, because yeah. out of 93 <laughs> episodes, it's been on like, 27 of them or something. Yeah. Um, so this is another one for all my do-your-research assholes. <laughs> Um, some people say that, uh, he moved, they moved to Brownsville. They didn't. They moved to Brownsville later. There'll be a couple things that are wonky, but, uh, I did my due diligence. So, so. what you're saying, Locke, is you don't know your shit. Right. You're just about to throw some shit against the wall. That's what I heard. And they're going to correct you. So be prepared. So, first of all, I'm not a historian or a journalist. I'm a storyteller. This is a fucking story. So I'm going with the, you know, look, I checked multiple sources, but I'm going with the vision that, or the version that tells the best story. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, we're not letting you off the hook that easy. (laughs) No, but to tell you the truth, I swear to God, a lot of the times people say do your research. The problem is I actually, not that I didn't read a bunch of stuff. It's because I read too much stuff, and at some point they... Start, you know, contradicting each other. Yeah, especially the further you go back in history. I mean, it's fuzzy, right? I mean, what people don't realize going back further in history, I mean, most of these people didn't even have damn birth certificates and stuff. That wasn't a thing. So I just don't think people realize how hard it is to research 1800s or even early 1900s. I just don't think people understand a lot of that information isn't going to be cut and dry where this is the absolute fact. Right. No, it's very hard to find any actual accurate information. You could probably just let that go because the the next pictures are just the pictures at the end. I didn't even bring them. Like, fuck it. I don't want to keep dealing with that. So, okay. You mean you didn't have no pictures from the 1905s (laughs) and shit? Um, It would have been... The Lower East Side picture that we've all seen over and over. I mean, I got the prisons. You guys want to see Elmira, Dan Mora, Sing Sing? We've seen them all. So, like, for New York guys, I could almost come up with, like, an advanced template in in, in advance. Like, all right. I'm either going to need I'm either going to need the Lower East Side or Brooklyn. I'm going to need... At least half of these prisons. Maybe I won't need all of them, but like Attica, yeah. fucking Rikers. It's going to hit three of the big five at yep. least. Something else that always comes up. You'll need a couple of pictures of the docks. The docks. Always they always the docks. come up. <laughs> so they had a rough upbringing. They didn't have much money. His father wanted Max to join the family tailor in business, but he had no interest in turn to the criminal underworld and was known as a prominent thief by his teenage years. Max was arrested for the first time on June 1899 on a charge of grand larceny for stealing a bike from a gambler that went into a bar. Mm. So he got caught, snatched up, charged with uh, stealing a bike. When the judge asked him what he does for a living, he said, bicycles. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, I try to like I like to try and keep up with the age just so I have an idea. You said he was born in eighteen eighty four. So he's about fifteen right about now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bikes. That's what he does. Bikes. Oh yeah, you yeah. steal a dude's bike and fucking in that period of time somebody's gonna be really fucking pissed some off. Serious right? stuff. That's yeah. like some newer technology kind of <laughs> still. It's like fucking with a dude's horse or a ride in like twenty years from then. Yep. <laughs> so Max's right hand man was his brother Daniel, aka Denny Sly Fox. Nice. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> That's like a pretty badass turn of the century nickname right there. Sly Fox. Like some <laughs> shit you'd see on a newspaper or something or one of them five cents. You know why it was Sly Fox? Why? Because if you say Zwyfok with an Austrian accent, uh... <laughs> enough times it starts to sound like Sly Fox. And they're like, wow, that's a dope last yeah, name. Yeah, I like that. He's saying, my name is Daniel Zwyfok. And they're saying, oh, Denny Sly Fox. Got it. Welcome to America, Holmes. We don't care about that shit. That's funny. A lot of people get nicknames that way, too. It's literally a bastardization of your actual name because people can't pronounce it and you just roll with it. So... Both the brothers were described as tall and well-built. Max had straight black hair and an olive complexion. So he was described as, look, he looked more Italian than he did Jewish. Even though he was raised Jewish, mm-hmm. his mom was Italian, he looked more Italian. And soon the two graduated into more serious crimes. So the first time they decided to step it up a notch, Max organized a group of friends and they went campaigning. That was with air quotes for the listeners. <laughs> in the 1902 election riots on behalf of the uh, Republican politician Sam Koenig in the 16th Assembly Assembly District. So, your old school election fixing. I think if uh, if you watch uh, Gangs of New York, mm-hmm. you kind of see an example there. You you know drag people off the street, you force them to vote your way, shave them up, clean them up, make them vote again. Uh, Frank Capone was notorious for, he'd let you go vote, and when you tried to submit your vote, he'd check it, and if it wasn't his guy, he'd say, go try it again. <laughs> You messed up on this one. Go try again. And and honestly, people were just happy they got a warning. People didn't even complain. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care who the fucking mayor is. Just, I'm changing it. I ain't dealing with this bullshit today. Yeah. Good old democracy. It's never been a democracy. <laughs> we'll never have a true democracy. There's always some uh, shenanigans. Too much money in it. So this bought them a lot of street cracks. This was a big step up because for one, they're kids. You know, they're 15, 16 years old. And for two, most of the election fixing and most of the, you know, headbusters in the streets, they were working for Tammany Hall, which were Democratic. So it was just kind of across the five points. Everybody just kind of took notice like, damn, these kids got balls. They're just kind of out here doing shit, man. Good for them. So as they make a name for themselves, eventually Max starts running his own gang. And by 1903... He had a reputation as a dangerous and cunning five-points gang leader. So, mm. Five points, huh? That's a, the Lower East Side was in the five points mm-hmm. in 1903, so he's still 19. 18, 19 years old. On August 17, 1903, he was charged with the murder of rival gangster John Muggsy Bayard after fatally shooting him during an argument at the card game. Eventually, Kid Twist ended up having all charges dismissed on grounds of self-defense, 
when every single person, that the, every witness they had walked in and said, no, he for sure attacked him first. It was self-defense. Yeah. All right. I, I believe it. Hey, you know, and that, you know, in the bad guy world, that one doesn't even count. So, you know, pretty much he has a clean slate right now. <laughs> self-defense, you know, that's nothing in the bad guy world. I would love to been a fly on the wall in those uh, <laughs> interviews, you know what I mean? Just dude after dude, like, yeah, we're just playing cards, and uh, he attacked him for no reason. I mean, you got to defend yourself, right? <laughs> so this is where he got the nickname Kid Twist, is he got a reputation. Some people say it came from Monk Eastman himself that said, uh, this kid really can twist his way out of a charge. Mm-hmm. So he was always getting in trouble for something. He got... Steal your bike, shoot you at a car game, it didn't matter. He'd just do whatever he wanted. At the end of the day, it'd be like charges dropped. Talk his way out of it, huh? Now he gets on the, you know, everybody in the, everybody in the streets kind of knows of Kid Twist. And he's kind of one of the biggest gang leaders out there of a, a smaller gang. So the two big gangs were Paul Kelly's Five Point Gang, which was looked at as an Italian gang, and then Monk Eastman's Jewish Gang. The crazy part is neither of that's true. There was more Italians in the Five Point Gang. It, it was kind of closer to a start to what the Mafia became. But there was still um, Meyer Lansky, Bugsy Siegel, guys like that all kind of got their start over there. You know? Okay. And then Monk Eastman himself wasn't even Jewish. Mm-hmm. So the leader of like the biggest Jewish gang is not a Jewish guy. You know, We covered Monk Eastman. It actually hasn't been released yet, I don't think. So that one's coming up, but... So that's all kind of, it's weird because, yes, this gang did have more Jewish guys and this guy gang did have more Italians, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as cut and dry as Italian gang and Jewish gang. But it was kind of like that. But Monk Eastman runs the, what history calls the Jewish gang of the five points at the time. <laughs> okay. And he's got an eye for talent and he sees this hotshot Jewish kid out there and he's like, hey, I need your muscle. You could just bring your whole gang in as your crew, and uh, you'd just be my top lieutenant. That's the way to do it. See, he was early in, you know, like the world of sales or multi-level marketing or whatever. No, you just bring all of your crew over here, and you become a part of my crew, right? And then, you know, I get residuals on everything you do because you're a part of my crew. (laughs) It's really a mob pyramid scheme. it is. It's a mob pyramid (laughs) scheme. I can might as well hit your wagon up now before you end up being bigger than me, young man. Exactly. We could take you, but we it's not a fight we'd really want to have. It'd be much easier to just absorb. Yeah. So at the age of 19, Kid Twist became a top lieutenant in the Monk Eastman game. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick, quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. Shackles to break out of They cowers so- 
for survival with rivals with throat punches. Twist is living kind of the big time gang life. Top lieutenant in the top gang. He does think, you know, the Monkey Eastman gang, these are late 1800s gangs still. They like to meet up in the street and axe fight. They like to have gunfights that take four hours and two people get shot because they're using old timey guns. And you know what I mean? And, you know, that's they're doing street gang shit, but everybody's 40. <laughs> it's 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 a different era of gangsterdom, you know? <laughs> and uh, Kid Twist is kind of like, well, I mean, this is one of the biggest gangs, but a lot of shit seems kind of dumb. But he is good at it. You know, he comes from a muscle crew, so his guys, they go out there and they uh, crackhead with the Five Points gang. But this is kind of... The Monkey Eastman gang and the Five Points gang have been going at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he kind of jumps up, like, it's already fired up. Around this time, he gets married... He has a daughter. He buys a house in Brownsville. Doing well for herself, huh? Yeah. But he still had her, even with his wife and daughter, he still had a reputation as a ladies' man around town. So he'd always maintain several girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And, that's, right. and that's why 
there's a lot of confusion. People will say he's from Brownsville. No, he's from the Lower East Side, but that's where he went to fuck around. <laughs> so he fucking set up his... I mean, this... Look, there ain't no Facebook and cell phones and checking right. up. This is the 1900s. If you're over in fucking Brownsville, you might as well be in fucking Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know what how I mean? it was yeah. back then. Your second wife is only one towel over. You know, you two families, they'll never see each other one town apart. That's all you need. But yeah, that'll be a consistent trend is he loves the fucking ladies. But it also seems like he was like a tall, good-looking rising star gangster. A guy, That's an age when guys tend to be their most girl-crazy. Well, so. you know, what, what likely happened, too, you factor all those things in, he probably turned down a lot of women, but how many can you turn down? That's the question, right? Okay, let's say you can turn down 50, but 60 come to you. That means you got to, uh, you know, slay 10 of them hood rats. <laughs> <laughs> like 40-year-old version. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I, I guess that actor did some shit. I know he was in Weeds, which was pretty big and stuff like that, but... He really killed that role in 40-Year-Old Virgin and shit. Yes. Like, when they're having that whole argument, and he's like, I'm not sure what that means, but since I don't understand it, I'm going to take it as disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> in 1904, Tammany Hall kind of puts the end to the Monkey Smith Five Points gang. Because they had been kind of representing both sides. But they started to say, look, this is getting crazy. You know what I mean? It needs to chill out. And they couldn't stop it. So they made the decision. Monk Eastman got arrested. Tammany Hall refused to allow their connections to help him out. And he ended up getting sentenced to 10 years for armed robbery. Tammany Hall let him rot. And that was the end of the big war between the two gangs. So Kid Twist sees this as an opportunity to take over the gang. And run it with his way, mm. and all the young, all the young dudes are like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and uh, I didn't say this when he joined the the Monk Eastman gang. Monk Eastman gang was had about thousand dudes. Mm. Okay. Damn. So, yeah. I mean, look if thousand dudes, if if that's even fifty years earlier, mm-hmm. that's an army. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of guys. I'm just saying. Right. Especially in such a concentrated area. You know, that's a lot of dudes. It's a big fucking gang. Mm -hmm. So Kid Twist is like, well, look, I did good with my little gang. This is my opportunity to take over this big gang and show them how to do my thing, you know, show Mm -hmm. how it works. And all the young dudes are like, fuck yeah, (laughs) Kid Twist is the guy. And uh, so they all backed him. But all the older gang members, they backed this dude, Richie Fitzpatrick. Who he was this Irish dude. He ran a saloon like back in the eighteen nineties. So he mm-hmm. was like an old school guy. Him and Monkey Eastman had I mean they were frenemies and then boys and shit. And he was just kind of the uh the the, the resident old head. Did we talk about him at some point? Like did he come up in somebody else's story? Because that name sounds familiar. Richie Fitzpatrick. It's, it's possible. It's possible. The uh the Irish tank uh, the Irish names get kind of tough. When you once you start talking about cover four or five different Irish gangsters, it gets really tough to start separating the the names. Fitzpatrick's yeah, from the That's true. from the Fitzgeralds and the yeah. um but anyways, he's the guy that the old timers like. So they start backing him. But Kid Twist isn't really interested in a war. 
He's like, well, I didn't want to go. I thought the the five points war shit was stupid. I don't want to fight you, really. Like, I'd just rather make money. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he should be the leader. And they just kind of, you know, they are a gang. They butt heads and shit like that. But for the most part, uh, Kid Twist tries to keep shit, like, kind of on the down low. So Fitzpatrick was known for his, this was, like, his big gangster thing that he was known for. He had an ambush strategy. So his thing was he'd set up meetings and say that he's ready to turn on his boss or turn on his gang or turn Mm -hmm. on whoever he's with and then meet you at a spot. And then when he was there, excuse himself and go grab a gun and come back and kill people at the table and shit. Mm. A lot of people think Richie Fitzpatrick is where they got the idea for how Al Pacino, as Michael Colleone, killed Salazzo Mm -hmm. and McClough. McCluskey, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's where you know him from. Like, he could be the guy that was could based be. on. Okay. But yeah, so if you've seen, that's like the famous scene where Michael goes and grabs the gun from behind the toilet. Right. So Kid Twist's kind of busy reorganizing gang. He's avoiding police attention. And then uh, October 30th, 1904, Richie Fitzpatrick shoots and wounds one of Kid Twist guys in a bar fight. So Kid Twist is like, all right. This is getting out of hand. We need to fucking put a stop to this shit. And uh, he calls a sit-down, right? Mm-hmm. Richie Fitzpatrick comes to the sit-down, and Fitzpatrick's like, hold on, this all seems kind of familiar. <laughs> oh, wait. This is my fucking move. So at some point, they're arguing, and he realizes, man, I really fucked up and shit. And he gets mm-hmm. up, and he tries to run out of the, the meeting. And uh, one of Kid Twist guys named Harris Stahl runs him down in the street and shoots him twice in the back in front of witnesses. Damn. Two months later, Stahl went to court, and all the witnesses no couldn't witnesses. identify him. Yeah. It was dark, you know, and they were running, so it's it's really hard to identify I'd hate for there to be a mistake and an innocent man spend his life in prison. Exactly. So after that murder, none of the older guards stood in Kid Twist's way, and he became the unquestioned leader of the gang moving forward. See, this is what's funny about stuff like that. If I'm an old head, and I know these young guys really coming in like this, and this guy does not want a war, I'm just going to negotiate being a part of the money. Why even go down this road, and now you got this guy, you back him, he gets killed. You basically get nothing, and now you take your orders anyway, right? Like, I was just negotiating in the beginning. Like, you know what? You got a good point, young boy. Let, uh, let's go ahead and uh, I think I'll take 40% off the top. <laughs> you know? Yeah. it's But that's kind of the evolution of gangsterdom, right? Mm-hmm. Is now gangsters do that. That's how it became organized crime. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about here isn't really organized crime yet. This is still, like I said, that's kind of the street fighting. You know what yeah. I mean? They're kind of... Yeah. You know, they, they don't have a good business plan. What they want to do is be perceived as the biggest and the toughest and the baddest. Good that kind of thing. Yep. Good point. So, a quote about Kid Twist as a gang boss. It said, Under Kid Twist, the old Eastman gang became a well-oiled machine. And uh, he was described, compared to Eastman, as a much more acute leader. Now, one of the big things... Okay, Henry Ford, right? One of the things Henry Ford's known as, people think like he invented the car. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask people, what did, what did Henry Ford do? Yeah. They'll say, uh, Henry Ford invented the car. Yeah. And that's like, couldn't be further from the truth. Of course it's true. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> 
But what Henry Ford really did was he invented, like, the assembly line. You know what's funny? I don't even think he invented the assembly line. That's probably true. <laughs> I think he, you know, more revolutionized and then brought it into a particular industry, you know, um, and just completely changed that industry, period. But, yeah, it's another one of those history things, right? It all depends on when you look it up, what you see. You know, when you go back too far, it's like, yeah, he invented this, he invented that. And then it's like, then you find other stuff. It's like, well, this already existed over here. It's like, oh, damn, that <laughs> article wasn't right. <laughs> but it's Henry Ford, and we're, you know, this is Michigan. We're in Detroit area, so, yeah, he invented all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I get it though. There's some people who think McDonald's probably invented the hamburger. That's right. I mean, <laughs> right? But you see, they kind of are the Henry Ford of that. Yes, mm-hmm. there were burgers. Yes, there were burger yeah. spots. They come up with this system to make it easy to mass produce. Yep. And yeah, he probably didn't invent anything really. Mm-hmm. He just took a bunch of good ideas and managed yeah. to put them all together. He was the Elon Musk of that shit. <laughs> I, I think that checks out. Yeah. You know, look, terrible person, you know, very, uh, you know, crazy fucking beliefs and shit like that. Yeah, could be. But what he was big on was surrounding himself with people, the best people. Yep. And I think that's real important in business or success or whatever you're trying to do is you try and be the best at everything. You're never going to be. You can't be the best at everything. But if you can be boys with people that are, because they're not going to be the best at everything, so you just got to get you know get together. I think that's kind of what Kid Twist was of gangs. So one of the things that really set them apart, when you cover all these other gangsters, they'll have like a guy or a right-hand guy or something like that, you know? He really had this like deep gang of dudes. Like his, not just... Like, his lieutenants and stuff, like, his whole crew were mm. really good. And they had a lot of killer nicknames. So, except for one of his top killers is that guy, Harris Stahl. hmm That's it. Just his name, Harris Stahl. Um, yeah, they tried to give him a nickname. He's like, no, Harris Stahl. <laughs> <laughs> who is I, this? Who is this man you're talking about? I don't know why I'm giving him this accent, but... <laughs> well... It's funny you say that. You don't know why you're doing the accent because as soon as you did it, I forgot they were Austrian. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh that. Oh he was Austrian too. Okay. Well, so. I don't know. All but right. One well, either of way, Herstal. Who it is works. this? It works. Who is this nickname? Look, none Nobody's of them. name is nickname. None of them were from here. Yeah. So they all sounded like something. Yeah. You know, it was the Lower East Side. They something that wasn't America. <laughs> um. But it did drift at so it was started off real good Austrian, drifted a little towards Russian, but then worked its way back. So <laughs> I struggle with that so hard. So some of his uh other gang members that had fucking he had like the all names team. One was a guy named Charles Living. And that's what's crazy, is they all have regular Jewish names, mm-hmm. but then they have like dope fucking gang names. So Charles Living was Ike the Blood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Like, how do you have a name like you're from fucking Crenshaw or something <laughs> in 1984? <laughs> like, Ike the Blood? What is that? Like, oh, well, what is his name? Isaac? Or Isaiah? No, his name's Charles. That was the name Harris gave him. He was like, oh, you give me nickname. Your name's Ike the Blood. How about that one, huh? I give you nickname. His boy, Selig Lef- Lefkowitz. 
was also known as Big Jack Zelig. So his name was Zelig Lefkowitz, and he went by Big Jack Zelig. So he changed his first name to yeah. his last name and just called himself Jack. Yeah, all right. Big Jack, you know. And uh, the best one was Samuel Pristrich, a.k.a. Cyclone Louie. So Cyclone Louie was dope because he was Kid Twist's, like, personal bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Eventually he moved in with them and, like, just lived with the family and everything. But he was a former wrestler and sideshow strongman. Damn, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> I, I was just going to say something about that. The, the Twist and Cyclone, Cyclone sounds like a badass tag team name. That's wild that you said they were <laughs> it wrestlers. It does. It really does. Okay, Twist and Cyclone. <laughs> um, so when he would do sideshows, his big sideshow move was uh, twisting iron bars around his arms and neck. Oh, no shit. Mm. Damn. Who was that... Uh... Uh, tag team in WWF. They were the natural disasters, right? It was like fucking... Oh, that was Earthquake and... Uh... Oh, okay, Earthquake. So they weren't storms. That was Earthquake and Tsunami. Was it Tsunami? Oh, I think there might have been... I can't remember the fucking... The I think one there. of them was Earthquake, but it might have been... Earthquake and... Uh... I don't think it was Tsunami because it was like a big white dude with a mullet. Okay. It used to be Tugboat Thomas. You remember, remember Tugboat Tom? Tugboat, yeah. Yeah, he was the Earthquake's partner, I think, mm. in the uh, Natural Disasters. Yeah, I think it was. Earthquake and Tugboat. I think it was. But when his name wasn't Tugboat. It was like uh, Tsunami or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was Cyclone. <laughs> All right. Look it up. It was... It was... Typhoon? Typhoon. Oh, okay. Typhoon. All right. I said tsunami. I should have known that shit because I'm a big guy and the motherfuckers were big as fuck, you know what I mean? So, thanks, Tone. Hell yeah. He threw the fucking uh, Hail Mary from the booth and shit. Hell yeah. Fucking Tugboat Thomas and shit. Putting in his work. Earning. (laughs) Earning. All right. So, that's going to be the end of part one of the Kid Twist story. I should say something else. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's it I'll just leave it at that Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Dope. I, I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam. And, and I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jugs, a hundred scams. Ay, ay. So I don't money grabbed a hundred hams. Said I don't money grabbed a bunch of bands. And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay, and I still keep it on me Run into your big homie First you meet your dead homie ay, yeah. Say hello to the bad guy bad ay, The good guy coming last place You smell that dope when I pass by oh, ay, I let my money at a fast pace Say hello to the bad guy I 
ashtray in the fast lane Let my money at a fast pace Look like I drag race Got your re-up in my ashtray I'm in my bag hey, Good girl, bad face No waste and her ass fake hey, And she in love with the bad guy hey, But bad bitches never act right hey, She act up until that bag fly I did a turn around at one night To the bad guy, the good guy come at last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy come at last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. 